Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, Docs, welcome to another episode. In this one, I'm excited. I'm interviewing Rick Mayo of Alloy, and he specializes with fitness, but we're going to dive everything into branding, and it's a lot more than you would think. A lot of times you're thinking logo and color, maybe your website, but we dive into really the, the deep end of branding and how he took his fitness business from 30 years into now uh, not only licensing, but franchising and his process of rebranding and how nuanced it can be, but how important it is as well. And we try to also then bring it down into, you know, the, the say chiropractic level and some of the things you need to look at when you're, when you're branding. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention is I've had a few clients that I've worked on with rebranding and it's not as bad as you think. And so I want you to go into this episode uh, and start to pick out some of the things you hear. You're going to hear a lot of gems. And there's a couple of times where, you know, maybe something you don't think applies to you, but try to look at it through the lens of a chiropractor and see how you can really get much clearer on your brand and how you can follow through with that. And don't rush it. Be strategic with it. And, and then implement it. And you'll be amazed at what that's going to do for your practice. And we dive into a lot of things that it does do, whether it's fitness or, or chiropractic or physical therapy. And so uh, a really enjoyable conversation with Rick. He, he speaks all over the country in this. He's, he's doing amazing things, as you'll hear some of the, uh, the amounts of franchises and locations and the licensing they're doing. It's just impressive. And I just really love uh, the story behind their name, Alloy. And I want you to start thinking about that and how it relates to your practice. And so uh, here is my interview with Rick Mayo. Before we get to the episode, I want to tell you about my friend and colleague, Dr. Holly Tucker of CairoNumbers.com. Have you been in practice a few years now and you're wondering when your business will start to reward you financially? Are you so overwhelmed with the day-to-day -day business management that it is hard to see your success? Or are you trying to expand your team and worried about the impact to the bottom line? Dr. Holly is a certified profit-first professional and a chiropractor herself who has managed multiple practices over the past 10 years and consults specifically on implementing the cash flow system of profit-first for chiropractors. Simplify the way you look at stats, metrics, and your own compensation through this methodology by working with someone with unique experience in your business model. Visit bit.ly bit.ly slash numbers to get your guide and video training. Download the first two chapters of Profit First and subscribe to her weekly five-minute Friday series on profitability. Start to feel less overwhelmed, avoid burnout, and clean up your finances so you can focus on patient care. Again, that's bit.ly slash Cairo numbers for access to Dr. Holly's resources. I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. 
All right. Welcome to the show. We have Rick Mayo here, and we're going to dive into a bunch of different things, uh, mainly strategic branding and what that actually means, because uh, a lot of us really don't understand what it is. Uh, we may think of logos and color, and we'll, we'll touch on that, but there's a lot more to it, and Rick is going to share that uh, with us today. But before we do that, Rick, uh, give us a little bit about your story, and I'd love to set the backdrop of, of where you've come from in this and, and how you've uh, ultimately in 2022 uh, gotten to where you're at? Well, Kevin, that's a great question. Thank you mm -hmm. for having me on. And I will say that we are a 30-year overnight success, <laughs> which means, you know, if you just took a, a snapshot of our business right now, we do a lot of things, right? And we've been, we've had some some pretty good successes that, that we're proud of. And certainly we have a lot more to go and, and a lot of room to grow. Mm -hmm. But um, we did start 30 years ago. And so it wasn't without its lumps and bumps and, and hard lessons along the way. So we opened in 1992, the, my original personal training facility. Um, and this is just a side note. I don't even know if we've talked about this. We've always had a clinician of some sort in our business, even as far back as 1992. So it was either a physical therapist or a chiropractor, a combo of the two has always been part of our business. Now, it's not part of our business model. Uh, but certainly back in the early 90s, when personal training was sort of this, I mean, people honestly didn't even understand what it was. They would call and say, what is it that you do? You know, and you have to sort of explain what a personal trainer does for people. But even back then, we knew that having a, a clinical piece to our business, even just a presence, right? Because it was always just a third party that paid rent and rented an office and had access to our customers and a little bit of you know space inside the facility to, to treat individuals. Um, it always brought some legitimacy to personal training, especially early on, because it was like, man, if you had a personal trainer in the 90s when we opened, it was like having a tennis pro in the 80s. Like it would kind of raise eyebrows at the country club, like, woo, you know, you got this, you know, this personal trainer, huh? It was that kind of like haha thing. And so uh, it evolved over time, obviously, it's become a real, a real thing and a real industry. But um, um, we've always had a, a clinical presence. So mm -hmm. um, opened in 92, first to market. Listen, there was no internet. I know it sounds ridiculous to half the people listening probably weren't even born in 92, but there was no internet. And, you know, uh, there wasn't a lot of ways to, to see what other things were happening in the industry, but it was just a thought that wouldn't it be neat if we could take this high-end service of personal training and put four walls and a customer experience around it, right? Create something that fit because the way that training was happening in those days was I would run to people's homes and train them there, or you would maybe subcontract out of a health club or something you were sort of a nuisance to the club. It's a real, it's a real uh, revenue stream now, but back then it was like, yeah, yeah, just don't bother us. You go do, go do whatever it is that you weird people to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool instead of bouncing around town? I was also in, in college. So it's like, you know, pretty busy. If we could, you know, again, pull this customer experience around this high end service and create this little boutique feel, which there weren't any boutique fitness back then. So it was a really novel idea to have this standalone that just did a, a one service, right? Most health clubs were big family centers with a pool, basketball, cardio, you know, it was like the, the big family centers of today, but that's all that there was. So we opened and we just hit the market at the right time. Again, personal training wasn't really a thing, but mm -hmm. thankfully it became a thing while we were in business. And so, you know, fast forward to say 98, and we were doing a really a high uh, amount of revenue for certainly for 1998. And at that point, we were in around 3,000 square feet. So not a big facility, just all personal training, all one-on-one -on -one at the time, which we evolved out of that eventually. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, 98 rolled around and man, we were doing like $83,000 a month, which is about a million dollars in gross revenue, which is a lot for a personal training center, certainly during those days. 
And then, you know, 99 rolled around and I was just, man, I'm the smartest guy in the world. And by the way, by now I've got kids, a wife, mortgage. It's like, I've got a, like a real life, you know, I'm out yeah. of college and I've got real responsibilities and 99 rolled around. And I thought I was really smart and I had the right business model, but I had a couple of coaches that looked at me and that just thought, you know, Rick's not that smart. We can go and open our own place. Right. Mm -hmm. And of course it's not as easy as they thought it was, but, but in their defense, looking back on it, I really didn't have a lot of great business systems and I can almost understand why they would feel that way. Mm -hmm. And so they left and then I had some other just things that were happening in the business that weren't good. It all just pointed to a lack of like guardrails and business systems. Right. And so in a very short period of time, we went from $83,000 a month in revenue to $12,000 a month in revenue. So pretty big drop. Um, yeah. and listen, I, I've always lived well beneath my means, but that was a, if nothing else, just a bruise to my ego. Right. Mm -hmm. it's like, well, geez. So I thought, well, I guess the jig is up. You know, I, I can't wear sweatpants to work for the rest of my life. I'm going to have to get a real job and probably sit in a cubicle or whatever that would entail. And then I thought, you know what? I really like what we do. There's something here. Obviously there's customers. We've been able to, to build a pretty decent business. I just need to do it better. And so we just decided to pull up our bootstraps, scrap our way back and become a better business owner. Honestly, like, Hey, you know, how do we, it started with like, how do we train people? Like, if this, then that algorithms, mm -hmm. right. For this injury, we do this. If they come in and they have this goal, we do that. And then that then, you know, was extended to like, okay, customer service techniques. You know, how do we say hello? Goodbye. How do we treat people? How do we assess? How do we, all the things. And then it became sales and it became marketing. And so pretty soon, probably around the early 2000s, we had figured out how to train more than one person at one time, which made it cheaper for the consumer and a scalable business model for us that was more profitable. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of a win-win. Um, and we landed on what essentially was one of the highest revenue per square foot facilities in the country. And that put me on the radar for speaking and consulting. And you know, then people would start asking for little parts and pieces of what we do. Can we yeah. buy your sales system? Can you design our workouts? And then it was like, well, Instead of just selling people, you know, custom parts and pieces, why don't we just wrap this thing up, put it on an online platform, and we'll do what we call licensing. Um, it's a little confusing because that's an interchangeable term with franchising at times, but mm -hmm. just imagine a white labeled version of what we're doing, powering a different brand. And we grew that to the point where, you know, we had big contracts with, with really some of the biggest franchises in the world, whether it be Anytime Fitness, Gold's Gym, those type. And I'm really proud of the work that we did with those guys. Mm -hmm. And we then learned how to deploy and operationalize things in a franchise structure as well. But we ended up building that to nearly 2,500 clubs worldwide, um, everywhere from Dubai, India, I mean, you name it. So this little thing that I birthed in college that was yep. nothing turned into this worldwide business, which was super cool. And then eventually that led to boutique fitness, which is what I would consider us. Boutique fitness just means like you're typically going in for one specific thing, a little bit more expensive. You're going to get better service, you know, that type of idea. Mm -hmm. And um so when boutique fitness started to approach us for help, we thought, you know, let's instead of build, you know, powering all these other franchises that are like us now, let's just do our own franchise. So at the end of 2019, we pivoted to full franchising. That would be for your listeners, sort of like, okay, this is McDonald's, right? It's going to have our name on the door. It's a standalone facility. It's like all of that. Um, and of course, as we all know, 2020 was just an amazing year to be in the fitness business, as you can imagine. So not a great year to start we kind of put things on hold once the pandemic kicked off and, and continue to help our licensed clubs. Yeah. And then once the veil lifted a bit from this COVID fog, we, um, you know, we pivoted back and we've got 50 some odd sold. Um, you know, we'll have 10 open here at the end of the month and uh, yeah, things are, things are moving right along looking good so far. Yeah, that's cool. You know, and obviously a big part of being able to franchise and grow 
is branding and how this even came up was uh, Dr. Daniel Leonard, who recommended you um, had talked about branding because I actually did a rebrand for our modern chiropractic marketing company. And we, I did it kind of interesting. I used 99 designs, but I did the high end version of it and got the high end uh, designers. So I, I definitely forked out a little bit more than the, some of the typical and I narrowed it down to like seven. And then I have a Facebook group of 4,500 chiropractors and we ran uh, with 99 designs. You can run a poll and get mm-hmm. feedback. And so I, I let my audience pick the winner out of the seven. Uh, luckily it was the one I liked the best as well, as far as logo and color scheme and all that. Right. Uh, so it was like a fun process I had. And, and, you know, I was really, um, you know, really engaged with it. It was fun. And then around that time is when Dan had connected me with you about uh, having you on a podcast about this, because he's always been so impressed with your uh, branding. All right, docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors. And you can sign up for that at bit.ly bit.ly slash propel MCM. That is bit.ly bit.ly propel MCM modern chiropractic marketing, right? And so check out that link. And we're going to have you go over five SEO secrets to owning the first page of Google uh, without buying ads. And Darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. Hey, Doc, are you moving office spaces or you're a startup with your own new space or you're like me where you need renovations because it's starting to look a little worn after about 10 years like ours is? Um, Crossfields Chiropractic Office Design is here to elevate you wherever you're at, and they're going to help maximize your space and flow. They're going to really help attract and retain patients, and this is going to have a great ROI on your investment when you increase that patient experience. So check out Chiropractic office designs by Crossfields. And we have a special link for modern chiropractic marketing listeners. And that is www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christie. And with that, you're going to have discounts. We're going to have direct links to a mega bundle of free resources, and you can check them out and you can get 15 of our most popular floor plans, five phase checklist for a startup office, five point designer checklist to evaluate your current office image and there's 30% off on all online products when you go to www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christie. So my first question to you is, you know, what falls under branding? You know, obviously we know logo, color scheme, but what are some of the other things that really fall under a strong brand? I think it's any and all things, right? I mean, I really think if you want to think of branding, it's every customer, inter, you know, every customer interaction. It's your, if you're running, you know, advertising, it's your ads. It's how does the customer feel three years later? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we talked a little bit pre-recording, like a brand is nothing until you back it up with something, right? If you look at some other great brands, historically speaking, mm-hmm. like a Starbucks, I mean, that has nothing to do with coffee. And then 
you know, what does it really become about is kind of what you deliver on, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't mind, if you'll indulge me, I'll kind of describe the process that I think you should use when you go to, to rebrand, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. I think for you guys, it's, it's easy. It's kind of like fitness where like, once you know what, like if I understood exactly what your clinic was really doing in market, I think I could duplicate that for other clinics, mm -hmm. but I think there's a, there's a couple of ways to go about it. So there, um, it all starts with something. It's a concept that we call jobs to be done. And it's based on uh, the Harvard business, famous Harvard business professor named Clay Christensen. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a great book called Innovator's Dilemma. And I took one of his online courses because Harvard has an amazing suite of online courses that you can just cherry pick and take whatever you want. And they really do a good job of making it feel exactly like you're in a Harvard classroom course, right? You have to have group participation. You have to answer questions. You can raise your hand. I mean, it's amazing. And so I took this course and as part of it, they had a section in there called jobs to be done. And um, the, the way that he described how to think about it was through a story where he had also a private enterprise company and they were hired to help Burger King sell more milkshakes. And so he talks about in the video about how, you know, Burger King had done all the traditional things that they should do, right? They, they, they polled the audience, they asked them, you know, what they wanted. And it was like, oh, make it more visky, you know, it needs to have a, you know, more viscous and it needs to have, you know, more cookies or more chocolatey or vanilla or whatever those things are. And they responded to all those things and it didn't move the sales of their milkshakes whatsoever. So they hired Clay Christensen's firm and they came in and they used this lens of jobs to be done. And so they parked themselves outside of Burger King restaurants and they simply observed, you know, who was going into the restaurant, what were they buying, you know, what, what were they doing when they bought those things and as it turned out that over half of the milkshakes were sold before 8 a.m., which was surprising, right? I mean, I guess it's America for you, like you're grabbing a milkshake <laughs> yes. for breakfast, but it's, it sounds odd to like health-minded people. But when you look at, okay, jobs to be done, so they would then you know, observe these people, and then they went back to those restaurants, and then they would confront these people, milkshakes in hand, and say, pardon me, what job did you hire that milkshake to do? which is kind of an odd question, especially if you're, you know, on, on, you know, on the way to work. And uh, as it turns out, you know, then people would, it's an odd question. They'd say, okay, well, let me reframe this. Last time you did, had this job to be done, what other products did you hire? And they would say, well, you know, last time I hired a banana, right? Mm -hmm. But take my, take my advice, never hire bananas, right? They're messy, they're sticky, they get all over your hands. They're gone by 10 a.m. So you're going to be starving before lunch, right? Bananas are no good. You know, if you don't tell my wife, you know, you know, once a week I hire donuts, but they're, they're messy. You know, they get on my hands. I feel so guilty. You know, I'll probably never hire donuts again. And he goes through this laundry list of other things. And he says, you know, the, the job to be done in this case was every person that was buying those milkshakes for 8 a.m., which was the bulk of people, all had one job to do. And that was they all had a long, boring commute to work. And it was about 20 minutes on average. And so all the other, you know, things you think about, like I got a bagel, it's like, okay, I got to put spread some jam on there because it's so dry. And then I'm steering with my knees and the phone rings and we have a crisis, right? It's like, so like this, this milkshake, it fits perfectly in my cup holder. You know, it's, yeah. it's takes me 20 minutes to suck it up through the straw. Keep in mind, it wasn't a healthy breakfast. It was like, I need something that just poof, sits in my stomach and holds me over until lunch. And it, it does that job perfectly. So when you start to look at your product or service through the lens of that jobs to be done, 
it becomes more about in the case of the Burger King milkshakes, you're not just in competition with other Burger King milkshakes. You are by default then in competition with coffee, bagels, donuts, bananas, right? And if you were, how would you change how you took that product to market? So if you think about the first step in branding, it's to identify jobs to be done. So, you know, it's a, it's a bit of an exercise to, to go mm-hmm. through, um, but I think it's an important one. And when you look at that, I think it will open your eyes to what is it that you're really doing. Like maybe in chiropractic care, it's like, yes, we're all trying to get people pain-free and to be healthy, but in a lot of ways, aren't we raising self-confidence, right? Mm-hmm. In some ways, if we can just make people understand that if you do some of these activities, you're not going to be hurt. By default, just doing those activities will make them feel better. So maybe you're just building confidence. Maybe it's a, you know, a, there's a lot of other ways to reskin. Same thing in fitness. Like mm-hmm. we're really building a community. We become like a third place. It's like home, work, and us. You could even argue maybe a second place if people are working from home. So it's just home and us. And so that would then by default put fitness in competition with country clubs, right? Book club. Um, you know, golf. I mean, all the things that you could get together with a group of friends and do are by default in competition with us. So we need to build a machine then that does that job as good or not, if not better than everyone else, because best shape of your life would be what we think we do, but it's not necessarily what our customers think we do, right? Yeah, our average it- customer stays three years and it's like their fitness is, we all know fitness is an up and down journey over a yeah. lifetime. We're just helping them manage that, right? Mm-hmm. And have you found that group fitness has added a layer of camaraderie and people have like that social, it could be really their only enjoyable social interaction for the day for some people. A hundred percent. And so, you know, we're targeting a customer avatar that's 45 to 65 years old. Mm-hmm. They have money because personal training is more expensive. And, and to your point, we're training up to six people with one coach and we've evolved yeah. into that business model. We have technology to make that feel and you know look mm-hmm. like real personal training. And it is. Um, but there is that community aspect that's been added by putting a group of six together as opposed to just one-on-one. And it's very dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, well, if we're building community, then what's the machine that we need to build, right? So that's the next step is like, okay, what kind of customer experiences do we need to put around the fitness that mm-hmm. build the thing that people are here to do, which is community? So you, then you build the soft touch things like, okay, Every time we have a new person in the group, they're introduced to the other people in the group. Like it has to be done. It has to be done a certain way that brings the, you know, those barriers down and those walls so that they get to know and they get integrated into our community quicker. Um, So there's a lot of things that you can do then to, to, you know, build the customer experience around what the real job to be done is. Then the next step is like, okay, now you have to fully integrate. And that goes back to your original question. What's branding? It's everything from the ads that you put out. It's the first exposure people have to you. Our average stay for customers three years, all the way through to three years later, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's putting together, integrating all of the parts and pieces, all based on the jobs to be done and the customer experience. It all has to be put together that way. And then ultimately you have a brand, right? On top of that. And that becomes then you become known for those things, whatever those things are. Like yeah. I don't think Starbucks has the best coffee. They're just known for good customer service, right? I mean, there's things that they do really well. And so You know, like one of the things I'm proud of is we've got people all over the world that have our logo tattooed on their body based on the results they've had from our business. It's like, that's a brand, right? Mm -hmm. That's when you're recognized as a brand. So I think when you look at branding, I know that's a long answer, but there's a four-step process. Identify the job to be done, right? Mm -hmm. Spend some time on that, really. Then what do you need to build as a customer experience around that job to be done? 
How do you fully integrate that through every step of your business? And then at the top, now you have a brand that's known Mm -hmm. for what you are and what it is in your community, wherever that brand is. For us, it's worldwide. For you guys, it might be just in your local market, but it's still really, really important that you do that. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and to touch on it, because I've had this, um, you know, multiple episodes where I hammer on a lot of chiropractors spend too much time with patients and don't charge enough. Right. And so they, they think they're in a, a time economy, uh, but they're really in a results economy and you got to get clear on what people are coming to you for. And I did this exercise. Have you read the book, obvious atoms? It's a little, I have not. Yeah. It's from like 1916. It's not even really a, a book. It was kind of a editorial that was put into a, a book, but it, long story short, is this guy who was in advertising and his name was Oliver, Oliver Adams, but all he did was target the obvious things in his ads about a company and he would hammer that in and that would become like kind of the brand and super successful. And we boiled it down and, and, and I've started talking to some of my chiropractors about this is like, what are some of the obvious benefits of going to a chiropractor? And it's certain things like you might be able to get an appointment right away, right? So orthopedists and primary care, it's like two or three or four weeks before you get an appointment. You can get in within a couple of days for most chiropractors. You don't have to wait an hour in the waiting room. You know, we don't even call our waiting room a waiting room. We call it a reception area because we don't want them to wait. Uh, you know, obviously they can get evaluated and treated on the same day. And so there's all these little obvious things and we can be very efficient and people can come in for 15 minutes or so and get results. And so that would be kind of a job to be done, right? Like that person that mm-hmm. has shoulder issue and they want it fixed quickly and efficiently so they can play golf, right? And you got to serve that job to be done. Your job is not to spend 45 minutes with them unless it's needed, right? Like there's certain scenarios right. it is. So I'm well, and quite and, honestly, I would pay for speed. Meaning yeah. I would actually, as a consumer, and I know I'm more savvy because I think about these things, you know. Mm-hmm. At, great length and you, you do too. I would pay you more if I, if I didn't have to spend as much time with you. That's not because I don't like you and you're not a good looking guy. And I'm sure you're really nice. Right. And you treat <laughs> patients and your office is amazing. I don't care. I'm busy. Yep. If you can get me in and out in 15 minutes, I'll actually pay more for that. Right. Yep. And so that's to your point though, I think mm-hmm. we get it twisted and it's like, Oh, well, no, they wouldn't, they need time with me. FaceTime. It's like, well, they don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's important how they feel while they're there. And there's little mm-hmm. tricks to that too. Like, touch somebody physically on the arm, the perceived time spent with you goes up by 20%. Yep. So let's bake in some little things, right? Tricks of the trade, if you will, but I'll pay you for speed. If you can yep. get me, if you can get me in and out of there this Friday afternoon and my golf game can feel a smidge better on Saturday, I'll pay more for that. Yeah. And so that's, and I had a doctor on here, Dr. Winchester, we talked about clinical efficiency and, and how to get there because that's really the job to be done in most people's eyes. Yeah. There's going to be some patients that want time, but we're like, it, it, our, our practice is named HealthFit Chiropractic and Sports Recovery. And we're more sports chiropractic. And we're really tweaking our brand from a, from a patient experience standpoint is like, how can we get really efficient with uh, the chiropractic manipulation, some soft tissue work, and then some really strategic rehab uh, and, and get them in efficiently treated and get the results. And, and that'll be part of our, our, our unique process, right? Mm-hmm. And that becomes your brand, right? You get yeah. results quickly with lot, with less fuss. Yeah, people definitely. should actually pay more for that. Exactly, and that's what I'm trying to to change. And that is a, a <laughs> branding type thing. So thanks for uh, helping me out with that. <laughs> yeah, hundred um, percent. 
So what was some of your process of the strategic branding uh, as it goes to more of like, okay, your website looks amazing. I love your logo and color scheme. Like what was some of the process? Uh, did you hire an outside firm? Like what were some of the moving parts of that? Yeah. And listen, I mean, at the time that we went to a branding through a branding process, we had a pretty decent sized company. So I don't mm -hmm. expect, you know, the listeners, if they're a, a you know family owned sports chiropractic center, they might not want to go to these links, but it'll just give you ideas of what you could do. Yep. So when we started the process, we needed a name and we needed a trademarkable name, meaning we needed, we had a big national brand worldwide actually, and we needed something that could be trademarked. And so we took our, um, our ideas and everything to this firm out of San Francisco and they're called Zen Zen, like Z-I-N-Z-I-N, -Z -I -N, right? All they do is naming. That's it. And it was expensive. It was probably like $30,000, $35,000 just for a name. Now, mind you, you're getting nothing else. You're not getting logos. You're not getting any branding at all. And so we went through a six-week exercise with them to come up with something that, that had meaning and it would speak to what we do in personal training. And so, you know, when they, they end up, they kind of whittle it down to maybe two or three choices at the end, mm -hmm. um, all free for trademark and whatnot. And so Alloy was the final, you know, one of the finals. And I actually really didn't like it. I was like, you know, it's one of those things where the, the beauty is in the simplicity, you mm -hmm. know, and that's one of our core values is to keep it simple. And that's like one of the hardest things to do. And I don't know why it was lost on me in the process, but I remember thinking like, this is the dumbest name ever. Like I could have thought of this which is absolutely not true because when you look at the, the meaning of alloy, literally the Google definition, shoot, it's in my office right in front of me here. It says mm -hmm. a metal made by combining two or more solid ele elements, especially to give greater strength. So if you think about something that's stronger, if you bring things together, right, mm -hmm. then it's like, oh, well, that would work from B to B. So like, let's say franchise to franchisee. And then it also works all the way through from the franchisee to their local customer base, right? Yeah. Like everybody knows you're better off if you have a coach in your life and someone holding you accountable. So it worked B2B and B2C as well. And I'm like, oh, brilliant. Well, then we took the name and the overall, the idea behind the name, and we took it to a local branding firm. I'm in Atlanta. And so we took it to a local branding firm in Atlanta, boutique, very high end. We probably spent twice that much more just to get the brand made. And it was like fonts, colors. You know, the logo is actually two pillars leaning on each other. That's mm -hmm. the idea of the logo. Um, the tagline, Stronger Together, which has been kind of played out since, but I think, you know, Hillary used it for her campaign in the Hillary sort of Trump, you know, runoff. And that diluted it a bit. But I mean, in the fitness space, we have the trademark on that as well. And if you mm -hmm. think about what alloy means, Stronger Together makes a lot of sense, right? It's like, yeah. if we work together, whether it's me with your business, B2B, or you with me as your coach, you know, business to consumer, we're, it's going to be better, you know, if we're stronger together. So um, that was it. And I mean, it was a whole like imaging, you know, fonts again, mm -hmm. taglines, um, you know, everything baked into what it turns out to be a really simple brand, but a lot goes into taking a complex idea and making it simple. Yeah. And when, when I heard and saw the name Alloy, I thought of strength, you know, like this kind of just popped in my head with that. So that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, obviously then it goes from your website looks great. Like just, you get, you go to your website, the, the Alloy website, and it's just like, wow, okay, this is a real deal thing. And a lot of chiropractors, again, aren't multi-million dollar businesses and, and national brands and franchising, but you can do so much with uh, less money on websites and, and take your time on naming a practice 
and coming up with a logo, you know, like you, you really can do a lot and then work your way up as you go. Um, and, and you kind of mentioned the word earlier, as far as rebranding, uh, I've been fortunate enough to work through with a few chiropractors to help them rebrand. And it went very successful. Uh, a lot of chiropractors I talk to get concerned about that. Like, oh, it seems like a lot of work and, you know, is it worth it and this and that? What are your thoughts on, on rebranding as you grow and you're something different now than maybe your practice was 15 years ago? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important. It was obvious for us because we had people saying, hey, what do I call this thing? Yep. And it, before we rebranded to Alloy, we were just a local gym name, right? We had a few gyms and we were doing a lot of consulting, but you didn't need a brand name for consulting. People just knew us from the industry. But when we started like deploying exactly what we do in other people's businesses, it was like, what do we call this thing again? Yeah. Right. And certainly with franchise, when you have it on the front door. So I think it is really important as for a refresh. And I, I think you do it. You don't do it willy nilly. Right. Mm -hmm. But you do it when it's appropriate. And I think you just need, an, you know, even if you kept the same name, because name is not all brand. It's really not. Right. Yeah. It's everything else around it. So even if you kept your name, if you thought you had a relevant name, mm -hmm. you just wanted to rebrand in general. That has a lot to do with, again what's the job of what we do? How can we speak to that through our website? What kind of imaging then does that need? Who's our customer avatar typically? So you pull all the hard data and then you figure out that job to be done and then you build it around that. So it's well worth it. And I think when you, when you don't know a lot about it and, it and all you hear is effort and maybe expense, you're going to be inclined to say it's not important. You're going to tell yourself that, right? Like, oh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, people in my community already know me. It's like, it matters because in this day and age, you know, like, like, like if your website doesn't look good mobily, like, mm. I mean, come on, you're dead in the water. Right. So there's just so many little things that I know that you're probably teaching and preaching mm. all the time, but they are very, very important because at the end of the day, like, again, if you don't know the job to be done and you're just claiming that we do chiropractic care for yeah. athletes, it's like, well, yeah. every other chiropractor in your market is going to say the same thing. Yeah. So when I land on your site or when I look at any of your materials, what does it speak to, right? Mm -hmm. Does it speak to that, what I really want from you, yeah. which is the best done in the shortest amount of time to get me back to function or things outside of the, the clinic that I like to do in my life, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important. And I think you should be constantly, you should be constantly reviewing it um, and, and updating it as you go. And it doesn't mean a wholesale change every time, but if you have a tired old brand, it's definitely working against you. Yeah, I tweaked, a, uh, we used to be health fit and I did trademark health fit back in 2009. I was like, you know, what's the word? And for me, it was great because we were health and we worked a lot with fit people, fitness, you know, and, and sports. So I really liked it. And I was fortunate enough to be able to get it as a, a, as a copyrighted trademark. And so we have that. And we used to be, our tagline was chiropractic and sports medicine. But then I kind of like really like sports recovery better because that was when we have a whole body cryotherapy sauna. We got the right. you know, Norman tech recovery. We got all these different things. And it's like, you know, I kind of like that. And so we tweaked the logo. We, you know, we had to do a lot of things with it and it wasn't that bad. It, it was pretty, pretty easy. Um, and so don't be afraid to, to do the rebrand. Uh, another thing that we've done, because again, I'm exiting patient care in a, in a week. And so we've been really trying to build our, practice not on me anymore, not on my name, not on my personal name. And so we've developed the health fit approach, which is our model of care. And it's on our website. And that's what people are getting. And so we're trying to get a little uniformity around that uh, for our doctors that we have here. 
and so far so good. And, and it's a, you know, a work in progress for sure, but we are trying to build that brand as a practice. Yeah. And I think that's smart. I mean, you know, certainly in, in, in a lot of the situations that your, your listeners are in, you know, they, they do have a practice and there's nothing wrong with that, but at some point you are trading time for money. So if you do want to level up and, and own a clinic that can run without you, right. Um, even if it's for, more free time or actually to grow the business and open another clinic, whatever that is, you, you do have to make the brand about something other than yourself, right? Which can be difficult because you probably started the business on your own merit and your ability to treat patients and get them healthy. And so to be able to have other, you know, um, clinicians sit in that seat and run your play, so to speak, and do it with the same integrity and all of that is not, it's not for wimps, you know, building that. But if you can, then you can really scale. And whatever that means, you can do you can do a different business like you have and help other, you know, clinicians in your market, or you can, you know, open another one, or you can have more free time or whatever. But I think that's the next logical step. That's when branding really comes into play, right? Because then it's not just you, you know, with your name on the shingle out front. And then that's, you know, you're carrying the entire business. Again, nothing wrong with that. But if you feel yourself being pulled to want more than that, brands can be a lot more important. Yeah. And you actually touched on a word that was a perfect segue to kind of our last little topic here was you you mentioned scale. And I think a lot of people hear that word, uh, I'll just relate it to chiropractors and they think, well, I don't want to open up 150 locations. They think that's scale, but I try to tell them is like, look, scale could be having multiple doctors. Scale can mean seeing more people, right? Like getting, scaling your marketing, scaling your branding and get it out there and get more people in there. And so a lot of chiropractors will reach out to me about scaling and they really don't know what it is. And when I dive into the basics of it, it's like, Oh, okay. I probably got to start there. Um, how has, has branding really fueled your scalability? Yeah, I think if anything, it just speaks directly to our consumer who we are and what we can do. Like, who are we in their life? Right. And I think then the brand becomes the, the champion, not me and not the players in the brand. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's like you could be the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, you might say they're America's team. It's still a team made up of players. Don't get me wrong. And they're very important, right? But eventually you would like the brand to supersede any of the players. You really would so that it can stand alone. And if you want to talk legacy or again, any of those things, that's what you're really talking about when you talk about scale. Like, Like you said, it could literally be just, you know, increasing your patient load by one third by being more efficient, right? All of those things. But you want the brand to supersede your individual brand, ideally, like unless you're a trainer to the stars or something crazy, right? It just makes more sense. And if you ever did decide that you wanted to exit or that you wanted to spend less time there, what have you, it's going to be much more impactful if the customers are you know, again, they're glued to the brand itself, not necessarily the team, the players. It's more the the brand on the helmet, so to speak. Um, that's what you want to shoot for. And it's not easy, but like if you, again, through the coaching that you're giving, it's like pay attention to all little things, go through the process we talked about earlier. You know, what's the job? What do I need to build? How do I fully integrate? That becomes my brand over time. Then you've got something. And even if you then choose to still work in your business every day, because your favorite thing in the world is treating patients, you still have a better, stronger business if you have a strong brand in front of it, right? Even if it's just you and it will always be you and there's nothing wrong with that. It's still a stronger business if you've got that strong branding around that service. 
That's perfect. I'm so glad you said that because a lot of people was like, oh, well, I, you know, it's just always going to be me as well. You can still, still have a better business. And then I think your Cowboys analogy was perfect because we know like there's been many, many years for quite a while now. They haven't been that good. So they haven't had that many good players. <laughs> I'm from and, Dallas. I'm keenly aware. They're yeah, terrible. <laughs> and yet they're on Monday Night Football 14 times a year. So it's part right. of their brand. <laughs> right. And the players change, come and go, but the, yeah. the brand stands. And so Listen, I mean, we don't know what tomorrow brings. Maybe if you're a clinician and you're treating 90% of the patients and you get hit by a bus, it's like, what happens to the business, you know? Mm -hmm. um, well, you might say, well, I'm taking care of because I have catastrophic insurance or whatever. Then that's great. But I mean, still, it's a business. Like that is a living, breathing entity in and of itself. So it's the business is bigger than you. It should be. And you should treat it like its own entity. And you have to take care of it. And you have to, you know, you have to love it. And you have to like, discipline it and you have to like put some lipstick on the pig every now and then which would be a rebrand right and that thing is is a, is a self-sustaining entity in and of itself and you should treat it as such it's not you you're not it ultimately right and it should eventually be bigger than just you ideally i love it i really appreciate your time today um we have a lot of chiropractors that also have gyms and fitness aspects there so i think they can learn a lot and look into what you have going on so how could they uh, find about uh, Alloy or, or I know you do a lot of speaking, things like that. How can they reach out? Yeah, listen, just alloyfranchise.com is the best way to get a hold of me. There's a form you can fill out there and shoot me. If you have, I'm all over social media as well. I mean, you can just find me at any, any imaginable platform from TikTok to Facebook and everything in between. So to reach out, you know, if you have any questions and we have sold franchises to clinicians because they're like, Hey, I'm going to do three clinics in the Greenville market as an example. Um, mm -hmm. and they've all been chiropractors, you know, just yeah. by chance, but you know, really good operators that have purchased, you know, clinics or maybe they want to open multiples or a centrally located clinic and the fitness makes a great back scratching service, right? It does. It it's does. almost a continue the way that we program, it's very scientific and you know, it's all mm -hmm. personal training. So you can accommodate injuries and all the things that you guys typically see in the clinic. So it's a nice continuation after treatment to say, okay, well, I'm gonna hand you off here. And then you've got a brand behind it and we're giving you all the bandwidth of the franchise. So reach out if you have any questions about it, even if you're running your own fitness business, like you talked about Daniel, who's become a friend, he's a great guy. He just has his own private brand and he got with us while we were still licensing and we're powering that you know, for him from workouts and stuff, but he's doing great. So there's a lot of ways to go about it, but I love the marriage of fitness and clinic. So reach out anytime. Alloyfranchise.com. Sounds good. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That is it for this week's episode, but before you leave, check us out at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com for all kinds of free resources such as blogs and the podcast episodes. We've got online courses. You can check out the Chiropractic Success Academy there, which is an amazing online coaching system for you at a very affordable monthly rate. Uh, there's a free online course on the modernchiropracticmarketing.com website, so check that out. If you're interested in some one-on-one -on -one coaching, we can do that as well. We have all kinds of resources for you there, and we would also truly appreciate if you could rate and review this podcast if you're getting valuable information out of it. I can't thank you enough, and we'll see you next week.